back to bread and butter, everybody. We are the Hearthstone Podcast, where we serve the basics that the average Hearthstone player needs to improve their game. Uh, this week, we have another very special returning guest, Edelweiss. Edelweiss, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, thank you. And Tito, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, and I think you came up with a pretty creative name for this um, episode. What, what, what did you think, Duck? Uh, Edelthrice. <laughs> this is Edelweiss's <laughs> third appearance on our show, so Edelthrice seems to work out pretty well. So, Edel, new expansion, been out for about a week now. What have you been doing in the world of Hearthstone? Oh, gosh, what have I not been doing? <laughs> it's, you know, this is the time when it's hardest for me to try and balance Hearthstone and sleep and food and work and, you know, just all the things. Didn't help the taxes around this time as well. So, Don't worry. That'll all be decided for you in about, <laughs> um, uh, whatever, five months or so when your sleep comes whenever you can get it. Yeah, well, the plan is to just, you know, sort of, pat them over the shoulder while I you know, play some games on my tablet or whatever. So regardless, for now, been having a ton of fun with Festival of Legends. And I recently posted a list that I think is my best one of the expansion so far. And that is a secret mage. So very proud of that one. I had something stupid like an 80% win rate. Jeez. I, I'm currently looking for THL decks. So maybe I will <laughs> steal that from you. <laughs> How about yourself, Doc? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of... Uh, oh, there's a cattail. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Big Beast Hunter and Mech Mage. I've tried the Outcast Aggro Demon Hunter. Uh, don't really like it that much. It's just not my style of deck to play. Uh, Big Beast Hunter was a lot of fun in the first two days, but it's just way too slow. And to like deal with the aggressive decks and then when it comes to the control decks there's just unlimited removal it feels like uh so i just switched to mech mage because i either win in six turns or i lose and i just move on to the next game so you're saying your big dreams aren't coming true no unfortunately it's pretty uh pretty realistic <laughs> <laughs> so outside of hearthstone edelweiss uh have you been up to anything fun if taxes are fun no not really uh just just been working on that stuff and and then passover things as well so very very busy past week with all that going on but hoping to start having some more fun besides hearthstone in the upcoming weeks i hope you don't mind doc but i would like to talk about my hearthstone uh, games Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Tito. <laughs> uh, how, what have you been doing inside Hearthstone, Tito? Well, I tried... So last last month, we talked about I hit the 11 stars. I had a really good rank. This month, I came in at Legend. I was like at 176. I was super excited, and I was like, all right, but I'm still going to play what I want to play. I'm going to try to experiment. I'm going to not look at my rank as much, and then I completely tagged my rank playing things like um, Disco Paladin, which I love, and I hope that we can make it work at some point, but not quite there yet. Um, I have been playing... I, I tried to capture... You know, I've been starting to work on some of the editing things. I did... Um, and we'll talk about that afterwards, but um, I was trying... I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to capture a YouTube moment early in the expansion, so I tried to chase Outcast Demon Hunter Tony combo, where you equip the weapon, you play a metric ton of outcast cards 
You play Tony, you swing with the weapon, you draw their deck. Didn't nail it. Okay. I, I, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it was something that was going to be... I was looking for a YouTube clip. I was looking for my <laughs> Marky Mark moment. I was trying to get there. It didn't quite work out. But it was like I had the idea. I said, what if we could just get all the cards and then switch the decks and do that? And it just kind of failed. But um, I've recently started switching back to decks I'm familiar with. I had a good winning percentage a couple days. I, was, I started getting to the point where I'm starting to play Diamond People again in Legend, so I didn't like that. So I started playing Shadow Priest again, which is really good. And um, I've actually kind of started drifting towards the new Shadow Priest, which is Shadow Attendance and the, um, the, the one that shoots five damage if you draw it undead, and it's got eggs, and it's got um, it, uh, the Mind Eaters, and it's a lot more low-to-the-ground, aggressive, more minion-based deck, and it's been a lot of fun. It's good against... Both those decks are good against Blood uh, DK, which we'll talk about later, but uh, it was, <laughs> it's been a real lot of fun. So um, I'm not sure it's good, but I'm still trying to figure out... I'm starting my first... THL, my, well, my second THL season. I did one in Wild, but this is my first one in Standard. And I'm apparently playing against people like Naja Boston this week. So uh, that'll be fun. I'm trying to, like, uh, not embarrass myself, I would say. So, but Doc, what have you been doing outside in the world of Hearthstone? Um, well, like, so this isn't something I've done, but I've just been hyping up my... Uh my 14 year old cousin, she, uh, took first in her bell racing, like open in Redmond, Oregon in the open division, her age group, the over under average and the overall average. Um, she also won the Yeti Las Vegas world junior championships, uh, back in like August. And then she has another like qualifier in Heber city, Utah, uh, that she's going to next week. And my family and like like her parents like weren't weren't horse people, but she was got really into horses and she's a fantastic barrel racer. So I've just been hyping her up and cheering her on as she's been just being really good at the things she does. Uh, yeah, it's just cool to see like people you care about succeed like at something so so greatly. Um, yeah, so just hyping up my cousin. Uh, nothing special on my end. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. And um, we already did me. So what about you? Fair enough. Uh, I've been working on editing. Um, I've edit, I've edited the podcast the last couple weeks, so that's been kind of fun and challenging. Um, I I found out the the wonderful thing of Alt Control Shift D, which mutes things like accidental yeah. overtalks and dog barking and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's almost it's, it's 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 power that I didn't know I needed and I wanted, but it has been a beautiful thing editing. Uh, I also have been working with um, some videos. I we had a running gag with our last uh, fight night that me and Don did, where we had a uh, blister guy versus just a guy, and one of the things was that uh, Steven, uh, just a guy, kept taking bears in the last and well all through the night, but especially in the last matchup. And it, it became kind of a running joke of the, Daniel's complaint because it was Daniel's deck. He's like, why does he keep taking the bears? The deck was better than that, but he kept taking the bears. 
So I made a video that took a song and just kind of like, because I had the the, the, the thought of uh, Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica. So I took Jim and Dwight talking and I started it off with that. And I, I, fa- I, I I'll throw it to you later, Edelweiss. It's only like a minute and a half. You, you, you might enjoy it. But I was able to put in clips with... Um, like him talking with uh, Blister Guy, and he's he's Blister Guy's like, oh, you have a bear. He's like, I have three bears. That's too many bears. It was great. So, but it was mostly like I want to learn how to do some editing because I'm working on the Journey to Eleven project that we talked about, and I wanted to make music that went with it and all that. So it was a lot of fun, um, and I, I learned a lot. But um, since we're talking about that real quick, uh, we have in two weeks or just under two weeks, so four twenty nine. April 29th at 10 p.m. on my ch- my, my uh, Twitch. We have our third fight night. And that'll be with Edelweiss versus Warshak. And we have a special twist in this case, which is they're going to do the same thing that Just a Guy and Blister Guy did, where they're going to draft per the uh, submitters. And our submitters are Ridiculous Hat, Deck Tech, uh, Ron Mexico, I got his name right. Um, who else we got? We have um, McVanderface, we have Ridiculous Hat, and we. Did I say Deck Tech already? You said Hat already. And Hat. Oh, I'm sorry. So we have. <laughs> You're good. Uh, we, we, we have great, great submitters. Um, and uh, what's going to happen is they're submitting 15 cards. And those 15 cards are going to be the idea of a deck. You know how you have an idea and you're like, I think I know how this deck's going to work. So you come up with an idea, but then it's like, how do you fulfill that idea? It's like, well, what if I take this card and this card, you mix them together and I can do that. So what we're doing is the our, our great contributors will give us the half of the deck, the idea of the deck. And then it's going to be Warshak and Edelweiss's job to complete the deck. And with their, So they'll have, I, I think we said 15 minutes per deck where they'll, they'll take what... I mean, we can do more. We can figure out how it is. We'll, we'll see. We'll, it should we're, be we're, fine. Still, we're still negotiating that, but we'll, they have time to figure out how they're going to take this deck and make it a reality and say, okay, how do I how do I make this from an idea into something else? And then they're going to battle. They're not going to be able to see the decks that they pick. They're going to say, I'll take Ridiculous Hat. And Ridiculous Hat's going to say, okay, here's your pirate, rogue, whatever, you know, because that's what he does. Um, so it'll be fun. It'll be, oh, I'm sorry. Wicked Good's also contributing and Blister Guy. So those are the other two. Mm. Um, so I shouldn't pick Priest, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe Wicked Guy, Wicked Guy, Wicked Good didn't pick Priest. Who knows? Um, <laughs> stranger things have happened. He, it's more likely that he didn't pick Priest than like say Sidisi didn't pick, uh, Hunter if he was contributing. So, uh-huh. um, so what do you think? What do you think about the uh, the event there, Edel? Like, any thoughts early on? I know it's kind of a, a new uh, concept and idea. Well, as long as I'm not being actively sabotaged, I feel pretty confident <laughs> going in, uh, particularly with this expansion. A- at least for my personal play, I've had some really solid beginnings. I had a death rattle druid that, for no good reason, had pretty absurd win rate been doing well with you know the secret mage i mentioned and i still think i have the most passable light show mage as well <laughs> and most recently i have come up with a 30 card blood decay that just kills people with rag and alex instead of dirtling around for you know a million turns 
Nice. Um, ben Heastone actually created a deck in our last one. I don't know if you saw this. He created a Reno Druid. But the Reno Druid had two squirrels. <laughs> so what so you had rude. to do was get one squirrel, <laughs> but not play it and let it get killed in order to have your Reno active. That's so mean. But okay, it's funny see, because his whole thing is What I'm squirrel. saying about active sabotage, that's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> and, 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 and I talked to uh, Ray after the match, and, and he didn't realize that when if he – because he remembered at the very end. He's like, oh, there are two squirrels. But he didn't remember that if he played it, those squirrels would be in his deck deactivating his Reno. <laughs> so I, I thought that was pretty – I mean, yes, it was active sabotage, but it was, I think, clever sabotage. That is true. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we have Edel – we've had – again, we've had Edel thrice, and we've interviewed her already. So you know who she is. She's fantastic. We all know this. That's why she's back. Um, but – we figured, what do we do in the section where we interview people? Because we don't want to interview her again. You know her. So we, we're going to try something a little different. We'll see how it works. And we created a little game called Diamonds in the Rough. And what this <laughs> is going to be is we're going to throw cards her way. And we're going to say, these are a card that is either not being played right now in the meta or maybe is not necessarily having much success in the meta. And just get a rough idea of how she would approach building that deck. And we're not looking for meta breakers here. We're just, this is this is not a test. This There, there will be nothing. Uh, but we're looking to have some fun, and maybe it'll spark some ideas in some of our listeners saying, hey, yeah, that sounds like a really fun deck. Or maybe it'll even spark an idea in us. So, Doc, you happen to have the list. Yeah, uh, so our first card, Edel, is the Druid Legendary spell, Rhythm and Roots. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all... before we go, what is can you can you uh, read the card? Doc? Yeah, so I've, I've yeah. So this, yeah. for those of you that don't know what this card does, it's choose one secretly, summon three five five ancients in two turns or eight eight giants in four turns, and it's a legendary, so you only get one of in a deck. Right. Yeah, this was seeing some play early on, and then just fell out because that's not the way the druids have really been going. But in terms of something that would appreciate that. I feel like some kind of, you know, board-based where you want to go wide and just, like, stick something, you can guarantee targets. In particular, with Drum Circle, where you give your minions plus two, plus four, and taunt, uh, this could be a way to kind of make sure you're going to have a board and at least those three five-fives so that you mm -hmm. can Drum Circle and, and get a pretty massive wall of, of taunts, you know. Seven nines are pretty good. <laughs> when they have taunt, so that would be the direction I would go. I even thought that you could do this with, you know, a form of using those hero power minions and unending a swarm and just kind of do it like instead of trying to get a bunch of value out of your hero power, just using the hero power buff as burst. And so rhythm and roots could kind of fit in there in terms of just making sure you have board after board after board. Uh, just like your good old, you know, aggro druid, where you you go wide, and then as soon as a board sticks, you you play your board buffs. Okay, so now that we have an idea, do you think it would be viable? I think it would be tough with like frost decay. You might have enough boards against blood, um, 
but you the trick would be getting like the draw engine correct there are some pretty good uh draw spells available for druid right now so that that might be fine um but Probably be like low tier two, high tier three. That's not bad. All right, Doc, what's our next card? Yeah, so our next card is DJ Mana Storm, which is the 10 mana uh, Mage Legendary with eight attack, eight health. Battle Cry, set the cost of spells in your hand to zero. After you cast one, the others cost one more. Should give Funky this question. <laughs> 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 I imagine there will be more big spells in future to go with this. But the most obvious currently is just to have a bunch of pyroblasts. And <laughs> yeah, so pyroblasts, and particularly if you can get extra copies, whether that's a snapshot from Fizzle, or you know maybe you cast one of them and then use rewinds to get more, or Savara to get more. Uh, or just you have your two pyroblasts and then some firelands portals and fireballs, just all the burn. You could then use Millhouse to uh, throw all that stuff face. I think often you're going to be like playing Millhouse and either doing an alibi or a blizzard if you have to be defensive, since you won't be able to do all the others on the same turn. But another option that I got to say I have to attribute Funky for this if you use uh, Bone Whisper, then you just make Millhouse free, and you don't have to wait a turn. You can just play the Millhouse for zero, and then do your your crazy pop off spell turn. I lost to that deck. <laughs> I, I I I I was what are the I saw the Bone Whisper come down. I was like, what the hell are we doing? I didn't even think Millhouse. Yeah, I was like, all right, and I I, I cleared one turn. I cleared another turn, and I'm like, all right, we got them. I had a really nice board. I had everything, and it was Millhouse, Pyroblast, Pyroblast, dead. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of damage. I think you get, what, you get the zero, and then one, two, three, yeah. four. So you get basically five spells in that single turn. So if it's all burn, <laughs> I'm stressed. So damage. there's really not, like, so basically Millhouse is kind of, the only way to build it is to kind of build it with the big things, and... Like, it'd be kind of cool if you could do something, yeah. like, with, like, the skeletons or something like that, but it's just not there. Or, or uh, There's only spells, right? Yeah. Yeah. The tricky thing is, no matter what the original cost of the spells was, all your spells that were affected by the Millhouse buff increase by one every time you cast a spell. So you're really not served having cheaper spells in the deck. And I wouldn't be surprised if later on we get other big spells maybe that don't just kill you because <laughs> that might be uh, more direct damage than they're, they're wanting to put out there but you know something like a millhouse into the summon dragon spell right that would be a good first turn and then if you just successively are able to do something like blizzard and you know make more big minions i think stuff like that could be interesting and, and I believe I can hear Hat saying in the back of my ear, why would you do that when you just send two Pyroblast face? Well, that's not always enough damage, <laughs> as we've seen. <laughs> Unless you're going against plus uh, against Blood DK, which we'll talk about later. Doc, what is our next card? Yeah, so our next card is a 6-mana 4-2 Paladin Rare card, Lead Dancer, Death Rattle. Summon a minion from your deck with a less attack than this minion. 
So I want to say on this, I've played this deck. I played the deck with Kangor. It is super fun. Mm -hmm. But this card feels too slow, and all it gets you is a Noyo Tree. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't seem like, I and mean, that seems like what they kind of want you to think about, but there's got to be something else you can Wait, do this. what do you mean all it gets you is a Noya Troop? There's like six minions it gets you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, of course, Kangor, right? That's the obvious one, because three attacker less. There's a Noya Troop, again, obvious. Uh, but Mishmash Mosher is also really solid for that deck, because they pull it out, and, and that's a clear. Uh whether it's off of Kangor or off of off of that, I think it's it's a pretty solid recruit. Um, if you really want to make sure you have high enough density, Red Herring is a three twelve taunt, so that's uh, a lot of stats. If you know you just want something to to hold the line until you can you can pop down your other big threats. And theory crafting, I actually was up against uh, Baby Bear with with this deck list. She was playing like a hand buff. Uh, blood, like double blood, one unholy deck, and I just ran her out of stuff because I kept having these massive threats coming down. And what I think is interesting about the card is you can have certain things that don't get pulled from Lead Dancer, but can still get pulled from Kangor if that's what you want. Uh, whether that's like an augmented Elec or something else. Do you think that there's potential there to um, have a hand buff deck that takes advantage of the by by buffing your um, your lead dancer to get bigger things out, or is that kind of like it's already it already feels like it's too slow when I played with it, um, and maybe mm -hmm. that's not the case. Maybe it's the current meta, but it felt like it was too slow. But if you could buff it and then draw out bigger things, is that is there potential there? So I think Paladin had pretty much all of its hand buff rotate except for what the one gadgets and dude which just that's sort of a nambo already because the minion itself is a 2-2 so i don't know that there's really hand buff for paladin in in that way right now maybe down the line there will be something what i think is more likely is they'll print additional three attack minions that are large or have other powerful effects that will be worth recruiting and like that's a way that you can sort of add more to that deck fair enough i i i will say that so far even though i did not have success with it kangor is clear easily my favorite card in the expansion so far it is such a fun card <laughs> it, it just like it keeps bouncing back to your hand you keep throwing down life steals i i really want that deck to be good but it doesn't seem like it's taking off at least not in its current iteration. Maybe after uh, Blood Decay gets a little bit of a hit, but we'll talk about that later. Doc, what's our next card? <laughs> yeah, so our next card is everyone's favorite uh, Jazz Trumpeteer. The 5-mana five 5-5 five, five from Shaman, Inza. Uh, Battlecry, for the rest of the game, your overload, car overload cards cost one less. This goes great with the yeah. quest, right? Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Oops, never mind. Yeah, no more quests. Rip, rip Shaman quest. But Inza is pretty solid in general. I think the, the best thing he does is to make pack the house come down on six instead of seven. Because <laughs> that is just a massive pile of stats. I think there's not quite enough overload cards for that sort of Shaman to function right now. It's missing something. 
what I want to do is like a Wrathspine Naga deck where you're able to take advantage of Command of Neptalon and uh, if we had another fire overload clear spell, like that would fit well, but we lost the, the five mana one. Uh, and and there's not too many frost spells right now either. It's pretty much just cold storage and the uh, heal finale one. So I think currently there's not a ton, but uh, one thing you definitely can do with Inza is to go for the jive insect plus, uh, what, make criminal a bunch lineup. of copies? Yeah, criminal lineup. Yeah. Uh, you might still need the, the weapon discount, but uh, certainly Inza goes a long way there as well. My really out there idea, though, was to uh, do like something with Melomania. And so even if you're not like running a ton of overloads, maybe you'd be generating some and they would be discounted. Um, very important to note, it doesn't just discount overload spells. It's overload cards. So it's your minions, too. Very there just nice. aren't a lot of those yet. <laughs> Shaman, actually, uh, side note, Shaman feels kind of strong with, uh, like, it feels like Totem Shaman is pretty strong. The 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 rag mm -hmm. deck gimmicky, it kind of feels bad when you lose to it, but it doesn't feel quite as good. Is, is Totem Shaman good? I think Totem Shaman's actually pretty solid. They make a ton of boards, and they have kind of that same feeling that Paladin sometimes do does when they get all their light rays down, like Shaman just throws down Gigantotem and Thing from below, and you've got a pile of stats out of nowhere, especially when they have that infused uh, one-mana spell, Totemic Evidence, and that's yeah. one mana for discounting four. <laughs> Pretty uh, nutty for accelerating the game plan. And if they get Eyesore down early, it's hard to... You don't necessarily have a good clear for that right away, and if that can get a couple ticks yeah. off, that's their hand and deck. That's... Th that's snowball-y. Yeah, or even just Totemic Evidence plus Rotkill, right? Like, they have some, some pretty tough boards to clear. Fair enough. Doc, what are our last two cards? They kind of go together. Yeah, so the last two, I would think, kind of go together. Um, Maybe but wrong. the first one is the Warlock spell, Legendary spell, for six mana, Symphony of Sins, Discover, and play a movement, shuffle the other six into your deck. And then the last one is the Warlock 5-mana five 5-6 five, legendary card, Rin, the Orchestrator of Doom, Taunt, Death Rattle. Uh, both players draw two cards, discard two, discard two cards, and destroy the top two cards of their deck. These are the same class. I don't think they go together at all. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, so so how would you take each of those and do this out? Do them... Because you kind of look at the, the symphonies, and it does feel like you could kind of combine, like, oh, you discard all the cards here, you can get the spell that discards all the cards, or something like that. So from someone that doesn't have a great deck-building mind, you would look that they do kind of go together. But you're saying they don't, so please. I mean, only one of the symphonies goes with that game plan, the uh, mill six of the opponent's deck. I feel like the symphony... You more go just for having all these value options. Like, it's a lot of, you know, apart from that first one where you're sort of paying for the discover, uh, the other ones are three for a super powerful effect. Um, I think Symphony is just kind of like a solid inclusion in a lot of 
lists, in aggressive lists, you can hit either the deal six to all or deal six lifesteal. And that can be good burst, uh, plus, you know, some additional high value things that get shuffled in. And in slower stuff, you, again, you just do this, you know, maybe for a clear, maybe for a taunt reborn. Like, it's not always incredible, but every time you pick up one of those laters on, they can be pretty high impact. Uh, especially, I've seen some of these lists with Thaddeus, where you get the draw your highest cost minion and reduce its cost by a six. And that can lead to some pretty powerful mm -hmm. swings. But for Rin, I feel like you have to be all in on the Ticketus life. <laughs> and okay. uh, you want to run basically everything that has an effect when it gets discarded. So you can minimize like the disadvantages of discarding cards. Uh, with symmetrical effects, you want them to be better for you than for your opponent. So by running all those cards, then at least if you're you're discarding stuff and you like you're getting a two five taunt, you're destroying a random enemy minion, uh, all that kind of stuff. I think if there were a discard card that drew cards, that might be something. But of course, Hand of Gul'dan is in in wild. Um, but presently, I think the only ways you can repeat the effect are if you uh, maybe play it and then when it dies you can habeas corpses bring it back and maybe cover artist it while you've revived it you could um, use the shallow grave on it to get extra instances of the death rattle and so you'd sort of be all in on that effect and trying to you know discard things that still do stuff while you're doing this game plan and like burn your opponent's deck and make them discard stuff it's just like maximum chaos disruption which some people love but you're really going to be living or dying by you know what things you hit i mean it really feels like with warlock that they are afraid to give them enough tools for discard or anything because of wild because they give us little hints of things, but anytime they give us anything that's good, it breaks wild. And <laughs> I don't think they want to do that anymore. I don't think they want to have to uh, reel back wild or, or ban things from wild because they gave us a support package for discard in standard. But I think it's kind of like, I mean, if they had just said, okay, hey, in our core set, we're giving you Silverware Golem and Fist of Jaraxxus. I think we're I think we're cooking. I think we get a stew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think with with uh, one or certainly both of those, then maybe you could build this tunnel vision deck where you've got Talon finds Rin, and you're just like all in on that game plan. Um, it it would be super chaotic, but it would it would make for some some great clips. But I'm in terms of power level, I feel like I'm more on board with uh, Symphony of Sins. And I'm actually thinking about putting it in a Fatigue Warlock deck that I, I built and have to keep refining. Uh, I actually killed a priest with that for crescendos of 17 and 18 <laughs> damage. A control Very priest. Nice. Wow. That's... Wow. Um, I've played with the Fatigue cards. I've, I've, played with, I've played with all these cards. How do you... Okay, this is a little bit of a side. But how do you... How do you manage your rank? You're, you're just kind of like, because you want to not like tank your rank, right? You want to, I mean, maybe you don't care. But like, if, if how do you balance that with 
finding the fun with all these cards because, like, I know, like I said, I started playing kinds of some weird decks, and I tanked my rank, and and I went all the way from I went from one seventy four to seven hundred seven thousand three hundred and fifty. Where the heck I am right now? And it feels bad, even though I'm having fun not winning. It just feels bad because I feel like I'm like. I'm throwing away all the hard work I did last month and the month before and, mm. and that. So how do you balance that? Because I'm having, I'm struggling with that. I really am. I don't know how I balance losing by having fun where I also have fun winning. Well, I think one of the ways is a, a little bit of a mind trick, which is I did a ton of experimentation before I hit legend because it feels less bad to me when I'm in that, you know, diamond to one space where, yeah, it's not great if I like was at two and then fell back to the floor, but I still have the confidence in myself that I know I'm going to get to legend eventually, like once I try something meta. So it not seeing the really high number <laughs> helps me like not feel as bad, even though I, it's doing the same thing to my MMR, right? Like that's that's no different. But it it kind of uh, takes off some of the mental burden of like, oh no, oh I don't I don't actually like going down to these these big legend numbers. Um, and 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 I tried I did the so I may have made a mistake where I said you know what the new expansion's coming, I don't know how I'm gonna do with these decks, so I'm gonna hit legend early. So I hit legend day two or three. I just I grind I I got in my decks I. I, I've had I have over 700 games with the old uh, uh, Shadow Priest because that's what I was doing every stream. We were learning it. We were trying to find the matchups. We were doing the Lorenda thing that we're sticking with the deck until you know it drives us mad. But I had I was having a lot of fun. It didn't feel like you know sometimes you play a deck and it feels like uh, I'm like I, I need to switch. But like I wasn't I wasn't feeling that. I was having fun. Um, every matchup seemed interesting and 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 now I'm just like all right how do I balance these two? Cause I'm like sitting there now I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to figure out my, my THL lineup. So I got to play with those decks, but I also want to try these other decks, but it also feels bad. So mm -hmm. it, it's in, it's a real interest, interesting conundrum. And I also, I, the, the solution is play, play uh, casual, but no, who wants to play casual? Like that doesn't yeah. feel right either. Yeah. I, I've never done that because I always feel like, well, but if I run into other people, trying wacky stuff that's actually not good for me i don't because i don't want data on how my decks perform against other crazy things i want data on how my decks perform against the meta decks so i want to be facing the, the more legitimate deck list to to get good data i basically balance it by when the number gets too high for my self-confidence i just play something uh you know really powerful for a little while and, and climb back up um, but every once in a while, like with this mage, I just have a ridiculous win rate, and you know, it, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, so talk prob about the, probably talk refining about the mage. fatigue warlock is not going to go so well. <laughs> hey, this is a little bonus section. Talk about the mage. Yeah, so the mage. Other people have not had that success, but um, mage basically came around because I like Orion, even though I know it is miserable to play against. If if you can. Uh, deal with the secret, but it's it's really fun when you know they play something and it gets countered or objectioned or whatever, and Orion plays a new secret and it's just like it's this really challenging thing to deal with. And uh, I 
feel like he hasn't really gotten a ton of play in standard. I know he's been making people miserable in wild, but... And volume up is uh, a heck of a card with frozen touch because basically what I do is there's not a ton of spells. You've only got six secrets. So volume up a decent amount of the time gets you an extra copy of frozen touch. And two frozen touches in a very minion heavy deck is considerable amount of, of you know persistent burst damage. So... And then the other thing that I really wanted to try that honestly other people have made, been able to do with this deck and I still haven't, but I have Aegwyn in there and her death rattle goes on the next minion you pick up. Well, if that minion is the ghoul that copies itself, it's a 2-5 taunt that copies itself if you control a secret, well, then they both have that death rattle and now you've got plus four spell damage. So it's almost a build your own Malagos. And that with frozen touches and with the you know i've got the minions that give you arcane bolts you can get some really heavy burst turn turns and many times i end up killing blood decays because you know i top deck the minion with the aegwin buff and just throw like two to three frozen touches and four arcane bolts and doesn't matter that they have a ton of life they just took 30 so but, but people don't take frozen touches you know what they take they take so I, this is a game that killed my Paladin experience, and that's where I started to stop playing it. I played against a mage who cast, I believe, six life sentences and two objections against me. So I played Kangar, life sentence. I played uh, Lead Dancer, life sentence. I, you know, it just was... And, and then, so it's either the life sentences or the uh, solid alibis. Sometimes solid alibis feels like you're just stalling the inevitable, but man, is that card annoying to play against. Um, I'm not sure what they're including life sentence for. I mean, there are a, a few things that that's good against, but I don't feel like it's a particularly meta breaker spell to be running right now. Uh, solid alibi is definitely <laughs> annoying, but as an aggressive deck, it's, it's not in the secret mage. Yeah, no, and I, and I, I try. I tried playing the. Uh, so before we rotated, I said, you know what? I tried to get myself used to looking at my rank drop. So I said, you know what? We're gonna try to create something, and I tried to create this kind of hybrid Kelthazad slash Casino Mage deck that tried to really hone in on casting Death uh, Deathborn and and building up your skeleton package and getting the Agu I had Aegwin in there to really take advantage of those Deathborns to kill bigger things and it was a lot of fun but it just never got there. Um mm -hmm. I, Zod feels like it should be a better card than it is but like you run everything but Kel'Thuzad when you play Bone Zone Mage and 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 you can see why when you actually do it but it feels like it should be there. I, I may send you a list. I have definitely killed some blood decays with like twenty nine skeleton Kelthazads. So I am I want that and your secret mage. Um, <laughs> all right, so I think it's time for our main topic, Doc. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Broccoli, broccoli, it's time to eat your broccoli. So Edel, we are now in the first week of the meta. We've already had a balance patch. Um, do we feel like the meta is solved and we're waiting for the real balance patch? Or are we still evolving? And did the nurse really matter at all? Interesting. Well, I'm going to address that second part first, uh, which is 
not terribly. I, I think the nerfs were more to kind of push down powerful cards from uh, previous expansions, right? Mm -hmm. So it was Construct Quarter, Light Ray, and the uh, Outcast uh, payoff card, 5-5 five, five Rush. Wallabar. Which... Which, right, which had previously been buffed from 7 to 6. So this was actually a reversion, not even a, a proper nerf. So all of those are older cards apart from the Outcast one. They're cards that we've seen a lot, right? Construct Quarter has been in every DK since it came out. So they're trying to reduce that play rate a bit. And the uh, Light Ray has been similarly in pretty much every Paladin since it's been out. So I think just with those being the popular decks, they said, hey, we want people to be doing more of the new stuff. Uh, no, it didn't necessarily hit the win percentage of those decks that much, but it probably hit it a bit for the ranks where they were very oppressive. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone at top ranks was just like, oh, okay, this didn't matter. <laughs> like, I, it didn't have an impact for I think majority of people in Legend the, the balance. Do you think that Construct Quarter needs a rune? Like, what if you gave it a green rune? No, I, I think Construct Quarter is is fine at this point with two durability. You know, you don't even always run it. Um, I think it was a really solid card at three charges still, and it could feel oppressive if you were a board based deck and you're like well I know every time this is online they have a hero power to make a 4-5 and like that's a lot um, but I do think once it went to 4 mana it was no longer a mulligan keep because 4 is like pretty pretty late uh, certainly in the aggressive stuff you, you shouldn't be keeping it um, and uh, at this point at 2 charges you know it's not the insane value I think it's you know, definitely not keep anymore all right so is the meta solved do we are, do we feel like we <laughs> do we feel like we know what we want everything's going and we're waiting for the balance patch look i've only posted one deck to twitter there's no way it's solved <laughs> <laughs> you know i made a secret mage and we'll see how much that takes off or not but it was just something no one was trying and i think there's so much out there to try that I don't think this meta is solved right now, and I, I don't think it'll be solved when the Masters Tour happens. You know, it's not going to be solved when they nerf after the Masters Tour, which seems likely. And I kind of feel like with the pace of balance changes these days, we rarely have solved metas anymore. Like, it, once they are, it's that way for sort of a week, maybe two, before we get another patch. It, it feels like really only at the end of a cycle when everyone's like waiting on next uh, expansion that it feels solved to me. Because there's just, I don't know, something about how they've been designing cards recently, I just always feel like there's a ton of stuff to try. I don't even, so, so that's interesting you say that the between expansions it feels maybe solved because... Even the, I think this last expansion, I know people get tired of waiting for the new cards, but this last expansion between the rotation and um, 
you know, the last month or so. I, I felt like the meta was in the best place it's ever been. And maybe we weren't innovating as much, but it felt like it was a really good, well-balanced... We had, what, like 17 decks in Tier 2? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It was... It was so maybe maybe solved is a weird word, but it definitely felt like there was so much you could do, and and there were still people innovating and all kinds of things. So I'm kind of hoping that we can continue that. But uh, so maybe the meta's not solved, but we can definitely all I think we can all agree on that Blood Death Knight was a tyrant of the first week. So <laughs> um, I know we can beat the deck. But can you beat the deck and also be viable against other decks in the meta right now? I I would say definitely yes. So what, what what would you suggest? What would you suggest to our listeners that are at wit's end with Death Knight, especially Blood Death Knight? I mean, I think definitely follow Ahiron on Twitter, but uh, just you have to think about how people are building and playing that deck and the way i see people playing it um they'll get into a mode of just like clear 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 when they should just be trying to kill you because they've got mograine going and you can take advantage of that so i think as people sort of learn how to play against blood and sort of either just have greedier things. I, I don't think the best way is necessarily to just like jam all kinds of discovers. I've been working on a 30 card blood list and it has Rag and Alex and, uh, you know, just lots of damage. So I was facing a an XL blood list and being 40 cards means they're less consistent. They don't always have the removal. And... I ETC'd for War Rider, and I could see that my opponent went wide. And I was like, oh, they have Sylvanas. They're going to use Sylvanas to take my War Rider. That's fine. I mow grain and hit them in the face for six and ignore their board. So they make a bunch of trades into the mow grain, but they can't kill it. They steal my War Rider, but I get to hit them for another seven off mow grain, and I've got that going. So I hit them for seven with mow grain, and I play my Soul Stealer and clear their board. And it's just persistent damage. You know, I, I next set up uh, Astalor <laughs> by, you know, playing the two and five stage and, and Hematurge and just keep on the pressure. And if you don't give them a break to actually use those discovers, because the way that they even out the inconsistency is they have all these greedy discovers and they use those discovers to try and find answers when they haven't drawn them. But if they have to spend that mana to play a school teacher, to play uh, the new five mana four, four that discovers two spells, then that's time that they are looking for stuff to deal with your threats and not actually dealing with them. Uh, I think another example is like, I, uh, and I, I don't necessarily recommend this, this was an experiment, but just to prove a point, I have Myrmidons in my Pure Paladin because there's a lot of buff cards in that list for me. So that draws you a card when you play a buff spell on it. So I just played it out on curve. They asphyxiated to remove it because it was you know, really scary. The following turn, I played Katori Lightblade with Hand of a Doll. They didn't have an answer for that because they just used it. And then the next turn, I got to do... 
the uh, uh, blood spell, I forget, plus three plus three divine shield on Katori and it copies. And, you know, they're just blown out of the water dead because they, they don't have the answers, you know, unlike Priest, which can destroy a bunch of big divine shield minions. Uh, blood cannot just do that. They, they still, you know, they have single target removal for big minions, but if you get a couple of them, they can't handle it. So if you can sort of snowball your advantages and sort of see the chinks in their armor, particularly in these inconsistent XL lists, I think you find ways to beat them. And then there's also just playing the greedier decks. Uh, Druid has managed to come around now with the combo of Mishmash Mosher and Attorney Maw, where you make it immune and then it just clears the entire opposing board because it doesn't stop attacking until everything's dead. And similarly, if you uh, Jailer and then play Mishmash Mosher, you know, it's immune. So you just get that clear every turn. And I had games where they patchworked and blew up my Anubricon. So I couldn't do the full combo of, you know, Anubricon with a bunch of armor, Tony to swap decks, and then Jailer destroy their deck. That's what you ideally want to do against, uh, uh, well, anyone, but especially a Blood DK. And I still was able to just go, okay, Jailer, you need Soul Stealer to clear this or you're just going to die. <laughs> and... Uh, they weren't able to find it, or maybe they found one, but then couldn't clear the second board. And, you know, they can't handle the immune minion. So there are ways to deal with it. Some of those are going to lose you other matchups. Pure Paladin, I think, tends to murder Druid because, uh, because it's a snowball deck. So I expect that over time, we are going to end up in another one of those really wide open metas where you've got all kinds of things that have certain good matchups and certain bad matchups and it just kind of takes a while to get there because people already knew how to build death knight decks and and they didn't really lose any cards or change interesting so a right. couple things out of what you just said um one we were talking about we danced before and we said we don't there's not really a lot to hand buff but you were playing a buff paladin so maybe there's a way there to... I was just thinking when you that's said that... That's so much mana, though. It is a lot of mana, so that's fair. <laughs> but when you said that, you're like, I'm playing a buff paladin. I'm like, oh, but but lead dancer. I want lead dancer to be good, damn it. I'm, 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 I'm with it. Okay, I don't think but, that's going to be the way, though. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, but you did say... like so, so you are a different breed of Hearthstone player. Let's admit that. You are not your typical Hearthstone player. So do we feel like outside of... Folks like you and Warshak and, and, and people that developed and, and Funky Monkey, do we feel like that Blood Death Knight is holding the meta back from developing outside of the outliers that can that can be created? I mean, it, it kind of depends what you mean by holding back. I think in any meta where there's something that's clearly powerful or, or even just popular, uh, you're going to signal to people like, hey, if you can figure out something that consistently beats this thing, you're going to be rewarded for it. And so that will inherently be warping. Um, it is good against certain kinds of decks, right? If you are doing stuff like Unholy Decay or uh, you know other sort of go-wide board-based decks, you may struggle because uh, Frost and Blood are generally pretty good against those. Um, you know, outcast demon hunter, right? Like 
they will clear your board and gain a lot of life. And if you do not have something like a frozen touch to keep the pressure on, it's going to go poorly. But if you are willing to kind of try other things, I, I think this is what's challenging is a lot of people have a preferred play style. And so if your preferred play style is that thing that doesn't line up well, then it's, it's tough. You have to figure something out. You know, it's sometimes there's a, another kind of aggressive list that, you know, is able to have uh, that, that strong matchup because it has some kind of X factor. Um, you know, Paladin can be that way with Divine Shields against Blood, but not always. I think Aggro Mage kind of does with Frozen Touch and, and Spell Damage. But uh, if you are focused on one kind of play style that just doesn't line up to the, to the popular list, it's going to be tough. For me, I actually struggle with the wide open metas because as a deck builder, I'm kind of a hunter. Like I like having a target. So if I am building two, two beat specific things then it, it helps me out for that thing to be popular because I, I get to see that matchup more and uh, I get to benefit from it more if, you know, I'm successful in building something that's good in that matchup. Uh, but with a wide open meta, it's tougher to experiment because uh, you can't make your tech cards good against everything and uh, sometimes you face something and you're like, well, that wasn't useful because I have no idea what they were doing. <laughs> you know, the same reason I mentioned earlier, I don't like playing in casual trying to do experimental decks because facing other experimental decks doesn't really help my purpose. <laughs> and, and that brings me to the other question I had. So you, you mentioned ETC. And ETC obviously stands for every tech card, right? So um, <laughs> is ETC worth the cost? Because... Like what you're saying right there, like this, that sounds like he's the perfect card for you, given that, like, well, this matchup, this matchup, this matchup, I have all these options now, but it also is a four mana tax on when people say, well, instead of paying that four mana, just play the good cards. What are your feelings on ETC right. as a card in this? Not necessarily, this, just in general as a rule. Like, what do you think about ETC as a card, as a concept? Uh, yeah, I would say if you do not have very many cards that are over four cost, ETC should not be in your deck, <laughs> right? It needs to be very much in the middle of your curve for it to kind of be worth it. So like something controlling like a Blood Decay or a Control Priest, they can run ETC because, okay, format attacks for a little adaptability. What I like to do is... ETC with maybe a Rivendare because that gives you some inevitability against slower things. Um, and then I go for a defensive option as well. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, in my 30-card blood, I did a corpse explosion because I wasn't actually running those in the main deck. Um, in my rainbow, I would do a uh, healing card. So there's you know, you could do Deathstrike, you could do, there's the three mana, three, four, that uh, heals all your stuff, all your all your side of the board, uh, for six at mana thirst, uh, six. 
So that's what I sometimes do. <laughs> it's it it can be great out of ETC, um, you know, especially if you're healing up other defensive cards. But does it go in everything? No, certainly not. Especially not in aggressive lists. And that's also been the conversation around Fizzle. Uh, since we're talking about specific, like really specific text cards. Uh, excuse me, specific tech cards. What are your thoughts on Fizzle? Because I know Zacho came across on the, but it's not worth it. But he's really picked up in popularity as far as a, a almost a, uh, a necessary in a, in a mirror match. If going, so what are your thoughts on Fizzle? Fizzle is weird and definitely much better than I anticipated. Uh, the fact that he's been seeing inclusion in, in so many different lists, you know, for Relic DH. I'm not sure it's necessary. It's kind of hard to say. It is cool that the photograph does maintain discounts from the relics. So uh, particularly in anything where you are potentially drawing your whole deck, the snapshot gets better because you can like snapshot, shuffle in, and then like draw it immediately, uh, especially in, in the case of relic where you, like I said, keep those discounts. You can play the snapshot mid Sathino combo and, you know, get refill your hand and then just sort of keep going off and even get extra damage from it being a spell uh, in mage you can rewind to get extra copies of the snapshot which is just a nightmare if there's solid alibi in there but uh i just threw then, up in my mouth <laughs> yeah yeah and then in <laughs> warlock you know my fatigue deck that i'm working on i have fizzle in there again because my plan is to draw my whole deck anyway and take a bunch of fatigue. I mean, not actually the, take the damage part, but get it ticking and and then use crescendos to finish them off. So Fizzle is great because there are only a, a few of the actual like fatigue payoff cards. So if I can get extra copies of those, that's nice. <laughs> I suggested in Wicked's chat a little while ago that you could, in Rogue, Fizzle and then shadow step and then fizzle your snapshot and and he threatened to ban me uh, which is fair <laughs> i'm not going to i'm not going to um, um, argue with that uh, so is aggro a thing right now because i know that a lot of people feel like aggro isn't strong enough right now but i i I've, shadow priest is is dear to my heart and i feel like that is that kind of plays into aggro is aggro a thing right now in your opinion i mean i would say yes like pure paladin is still one of the popular decks, maybe not in Legend, really just because of bias, right? People don't like playing things that aren't able to swing the board back uh, in, when you get into, like, Legend, especially Top Legend. So there's a lot of bias there. But it's a powerful deck list, whether you want to harp on its its playstyle or not. Um, Shadow Priest, like you mentioned can do quite well against blood because they have to kill your stuff and it does a lot of damage. So that has been, you know, pretty impressive in, in its comeback. And uh, Outcast Demon Hunter as well can still just have those crazy games where they draw their whole deck. And I don't know if these fell out, but I definitely was seeing lists that still ran Sathino plus... Uh, Rowdy Fan. Rowdy fan. Yeah, I always, I, I'm just like, the Quillbore, the good one, you know? The, fa the fact that <laughs> and, I know card names right now is scary to me, because, like, I think I've actually remembered, like, seven or eight card names this time, and that that's new yeah. to me, because I'm normally the guy with the thing. But w with the weapon, Outcast DH just 
again, draws their whole deck. So you have a lot of fuel for a, a late game Sathino if you need that extra burst. Is that a good deck? Because it came out gangbusters on day one, but it's kind of receded since then. I mean, it's it's not as insane as people felt it was day one and certainly you know, went down a little bit after the reversion. But I think it's still quite solid and it's sort of, it's one of those that's almost an anti-aggro aggro deck because it is so good at, at taking the board uh, with all its rush minions and, you know, especially against Paladin where Paladin thrives on having these divine shields that are obnoxious. Well, if you're summoning three one one rushers, like you get to punch through those really easily. And if you can stick a board and you have the legendary, it's over. They're, they're, oh, yeah. They're, they're... <laughs> Elveria is, is nuts. Like, you just have, you know, a couple minion stick and you Helveria plus uh, the security card for those rushers, and that's a bloodlust. <laughs> oh, that's, not, that's more than a bloodlust. Especially if you have, like... You already have a board, and then you, you sometimes you have to clear the board or clear a couple spaces so you can play security, so you can get more. <laughs> it, it, that is a that is a difficult deck. There's there seems to be a lot of skill testing decks in this uh, meta too. Mm-hmm. That with its, it feels like you we're not so. A complaint, and this is a little off topic too, but I mean I guess it's not off topic, but it's off what I've written down as topic. Um, a lot of the complaints in Stormwind was that we were too packaged. We were too mm-hmm. um, thematic around maybe a tribe or maybe a package. It doesn't feel like we're there this time around. It doesn't feel like you have like this set of cards or set of this, this tribe that will get you a basic kind of win condition that goes into everything that you do with that class, and especially uh, compared to last year at this time. Like, do you, do you feel like we are now in a more skill testing meta than we have been at a at a force up meta? Because it feels like, it feels like we are in a way to me at least. I maybe I always feel like that's loaded because there's skills in different kinds of decks and aggressive decks just have all of those things packed into the early turns, so each little decision matters a ton. You know, if I think of a secret mage, it's a big deal of what secret oh, I want to bluff and what secret I want to actually play. Um, in something like Paladin, it's like, you know, what minion do you bust, what buff, what mo- removal are you playing around? And I think that kind of play of, like, playing around stuff doesn't get as much uh, acclaim, <laughs> really, or... or um, as like oh playing something like you know miracle rogue or outcast demon hunter um you know anything that has like a a bunch of decisions or control decks that inherently have more decisions because they intentionally push the game longer but in terms of just the package element of what you were saying i think you know, all those things that were there last time are still there. Those packages, you can play Mech Paladin, you can play Mech Mage. They're pretty solid. There are a couple different ways you can do Mech Mage. Um, they all have Frozen Touch. <laughs> but it's more that, like, they've become flexible, right? The packages are not a whole deck autofill. Not like quests. So... 
if you look at Relic Demon Hunter, yes, it has all the relics, but that's like nine cards. And then you can choose how you want to build it out from there. You could go full spell and use the Scythe, and then you've got the, the Lifesteal 3-3s card. You've got Valderai Warband. Like, you've got some really great cards that you can only have access to, you know, in a good way uh, for being full spells. Or you can include minions so that you can discover more relic hits off of school teacher off of Nerubian vizier uh if you look at mage they got a, a package of cards uh, in light show and rewind and volume up right clearly there was an intent there of look you volume up you get extra copies of light show you rewind you get extra copies of light show but volume up and rewind are just generally you know good flexible cards right you can get a copy of whatever you want so volume up for frozen touch has been my thing uh certainly it's been for solid alibi for other people or uh, rewind for solid alibi as well there's a lot of ways you can take things and i wouldn't be surprised if at some point we're going to have a control mage that just takes advantage of playing alibi over and over and over again and it's going to be a problem and they're already doing i'll quit they're already doing that i'll quit Doc, Doc's smiling. Doc, do you like playing that deck? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll quit if that happens. It just <laughs> is so awful as someone who is like an aggro mid-range player. Like, yeah, Ice Barrier was, uh, or Ice Block, forget the actual name, was worse enough. Solid Alibi is just like, eh, well, you can try. Like, and I'll I let you do a damage. And I think that's where <laughs> solid. I think solid alibi and blood death knight kind of hit the same, same point where it's just like, you you have a plan. You're playing against these decks, and they break out the solid alibi. They break out the I gain ten health. They break out the no muncher. They break out the blood. Do they really need blood boil too? Do they really need all those same things? And it's just like every time you like, okay, I, you, you plan out your turn, and then they do these things, and you're like, well, they just did these other things, and you're like, oh god, shoot me. You're like, ah, and I think that's why those are the most frustrating decks to play against because it's just like these stall tactics aren't <laughs> necessarily interactive as much as like there's nothing you can do about them, and it's it's. I, I think that's where they get... Well, no, well, you yes, cannot go there wide. are things you can do about them, sure. I I know <laughs> I know it's about the economy. But, like, it, when they happen and you're like, okay, I, I, I set up my board, all I need to do is X, Y, or Z, and we're good, and then they play, like, you know... Oh, they already they already played the two Blood Boils, they already played the two No Munches, I'm good, and then they play the one that sucks up all the minions and gives them more corpses, and you're like, come on, really? Do you need all that? So... <laughs> I think that's where a lot of frustration with, and a lot of people get really frustrated with like Blood Death Knight in particular, even if it's good or not good, it's kind of like Ticketus Warlock. It hits that nerve of you did something <laughs> that really just sucks, and I don't want to play against it. But that's it. Of- there's always going to be something that yeah. some population of the Hearthstone player base is going to be upset about because we all enjoy and hate on different styles of play. So. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm on Twitter, and usually it's very peaceful there. <laughs> um, so in this meta, uh, what in this new expansion, Edel, what are some cards that you really wanted to be good that aren't? And why is it a ne- uh, necrotic explosion? 
Oh my god, it is so, so very much Climactic Necrotic Explosion, or CNE. I misread that card the first time I looked at it, and I've I've just been crestfallen ever since I learned how it actually works. Because I wanted this card to spend all your corpses. All my rainbow decks, the only card that spends corpses is Defrost, which spends two corpses, so... It's just not how I wanted to build Rainbow with this focus on corpse spending. I include all cards that, like, you know, do stuff right away. And the corpse spenders available to Rainbow are not that great. It's like Corpse Bride, Malignant Horror, and a, a few other things. <laughs> but um, well, those I, are the big ones. I contend that that card's going to get nerfed. Down CNE? the line in like DNA, yeah, not not this expansion. In the six set meta, when we have a lot of corpse spenders that the um, I don't know. that Rainbow wants to use, and then it becomes a super powerful card. Like I think it's one of those ones that's just it's not now. It's going to be things, but at some point, it's just going to become too much. I don't know because likely there's going to be a lot of double rune cards down the line because this was like the support, and we'll see the advantage to rainbow is that you don't necessarily have to build specifically for it outside of something like a cne because as long as something is single rune they can benefit so if there's you know a bunch of good death rattle cards maybe you do something with the the five drop that copies a random death rattle and, and plays it um you know there's a few other things that maybe will will be better but right now in single runes there's not a ton of good corpse spenders so that's why the focus has been on malignant horror because it's the the thing you can play where you just run that and if it sticks around a while it spends a whole lot of corpses for you but i get so much more damage out of just having my curve be banshee into no muncher into uh you know patchwork or cindergosa and then rag and alex like i just i just want to do damage i don't need to to mess around trying to spend corpses. All right. Are there any other cards that you really wish were better that 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 you had high hopes for that just kind of haven't really panned out? Oh gosh, I'm sure there's something. Uh... And we can leave it at C and E, but that's. Yeah, I feel like I'd have to be be looking at the cards and and then and then something would come to mind <laughs> well and it's fun, thinking about it too though a lot of a lot of people have kind of complained that the new the new set has not been as impactful as a new set especially a four set meta would be that we're we're still kind of dealing with the same shells of existing uh decks like we're still playing shadow priest we're still playing you know uh, agro frost dk I'm... which has nothing new um, do we feel like that this set has been impactful enough, or do we feel like we still need to kind of recede some of the existing cards to to bring those to the front? And Doc, what are you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, this ain't no Rossicon's Rumble. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, like the other shells exist, but there's still cart like decks out there running the new cards like that are pretty viable um but you'll see a lot of decks just, that have like maybe four new cards and that's what people's are complaints about that, i mean that but they're if, not if you really... look at how many cards come out for each class 
having four cards that are like good that can be slotted into a deck like that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just not i just think this set is very well balanced generally speaking and so it's not like oh well like each archetype of this the new things they're pushing have this really busted avenue for us to play but that's 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 what people have been complaining about and i'm not i'm not advocating for that i'm having a lot of fun with the meta i like it but a lot of people say it's like we're not playing a whole lot of new um archetypes like we normally do in a four set meta we're we're playing refined versions of the existing archetypes for the most part dk hasn't changed much at all priest control priest is still good uh shadow priest is still good um mage has a couple new archetypes that are middling uh hunter who knows paladin pure paladin that's kind of the same archetype there hasn't been a whole lot of new archetypes that have emerged from this set and that's a lot of people are people feel the sameness of that because even if there's a couple new cards that make them more interesting it's still shadow priest it's still whatever so that's been the complaint so do we feel like those complaints are warranted that's my question so what i find hilarious is that the way that we would have a bunch of all new stuff would be if it was heavily packaged (laughs) which is something that they yeah. complained about before. So, yeah, the reason that we don't have a ton of new things in is because they didn't give us pre-built decks this time. Uh, it, that's just how it is. Uh, so there's a lot more things where we're taking some of the new cards. I mean, look, Outcast Demon Hunter didn't exist before, yeah. right? It had some of the older cards already, like the... Uh, Gosh, the whenever you play an outcast, get an outcast. I guess that was around. <laughs> and as well as the 5-5 five, five rush. Those didn't see any play. But now with the new cards, they were they were able to actually see well, play. Like, Well, to be fair, the, the, cre- the, the rise of outcast DH is less about the new cards and more about the rotation. That was addition by subtraction. It's both. I don't think the deck is possible without Glaivetar and Helveria. Sure. Um, but, you know, they put a bunch of stuff where there's sort of two different directions. You look at the hunter things, there's like the cares about spell stuff, and then there's the big stuff, uh, mage, you've got, you know, copying spells and then, uh, potentially like big spells. Cosmic Keyboard, I think is a a knockout card because Mm -hmm. yes, you get a bigger minion if you're playing big spells, and so it looks like, oh, maybe you want a big spell thing. But if I frozen touch three times, I get three two twos that let me frozen touch again. <laughs> like it. Um, they need a snapshot. You know, well, usually <laughs> I'm doing it and getting like three threes off the secrets, which makes it feel less bad to just play a secret because I'm getting minion two, uh, or you know, on your turn where you volume upping where normally that's a low-tempo turn, but instead you you still get a 4-4. So I just think it's unreasonable to expect that a new expansion in 4-set will both not have heavy packaging and <laughs> give you all new decks to, to play all over the place. And the reality is like we, we've got a, a decent number of new stuff, and I think some things just have to be figured out you know imps obviously is an old thing but people shifted away from curses and into 
the fatigue cards, right? And that's interesting. Yep. Um, I played two curse in Warlocks today. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe not everyone got the memo, but it's <laughs> even pre- with like pretty rough without Bran. Even with like uh, pure Paladin, there's like some versions that I've come across where it's the get rid of the divine shield, create a minion. Yeah. Like, so it's changing like mechanics within existing decks, which helps it become not quite samey. So like there's, there is new stuff to do and explore, but it's like splitting decks with stuff that we've seen, but it's just adding another level. Well, like pure pure paladin, you can go heavy divine shields or heavy silver hands. Right, and mm-hmm. both of those can can perform well in different ways. Um, I was gonna say, I was actually gonna mention that card because that card I know um, people are very high on the turn your divine shield into a five five, because they they made parallels to the uh, corporeal corporeal, and in corporeal corporeal, however you say it, um, I have not seen that card played once. Like yeah, not once. It, it ended up just like not making the cut. I think because people were doing pure and. You really want to like absolutely be able to play it on two, and I think to do that you need to run click clocker. At which point you're no longer pure. That's fair. And even if you do run the the sacrifice of the reason why you play your divine shield minions is because you want the divine shield minions, right? Right. So yeah. Um, well, so that's a lot. Um, I thought we. I, I honestly thought we'd be under an hour. We're not. <laughs> Which is fine. I, I've had a, a blast Sorry. talking. Um, do we have any final thoughts on this um, um, current state of the meta? Uh, Doc, how about yourself? Uh, I mean, there's things that feel bad that will be the things people remember. Because people remember things that feel good or things that feel bad. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, like I know I have complained a decent amount about how blood decay frustrates me. But uh, I think that where we're at is a pretty good spot. Like, tier tier one and tier two have quite a few decks in them. So it's not like there's like three decks you can play and be able to have success with. And like, like in your case, Edel, you can have a magnificent, a magnificent brain and come up with something that no one else has tried and have great success with it. So like the, the fun is there. The fun is ready for everyone to participate in. Um, I just can't wait till the balance patch comes out and kind of tones down blood TK. Hopefully just because for me that's the big bad, but I think we're in a good spot overall. But I, I think that what you're saying there is right on, uh, Doc. Is like so, and it doesn't matter the meta. Ed will find something that that works. Like she'll double boat you and she'll laugh about it. But um, <laughs> the, the that, but that's the problem too. Is when you are trying to innovate and you're like, hey, it's week one. I'm super excited. Oh, this Blood Death Knight has sixty health and it keeps clearing my board that's where it's just like it is what it is but it's like that's where it kind of sucks the f- you're like oh i guess i'm not gonna i'm not gonna experiment now it kind of takes something like that feels like it takes away from the average person's ability to experiment because you just kind of go fine depends what you're experimenting with <laughs> this yeah. is true it could also change how you experiment to be like okay how can i do this thing but hedge my bets against blood dk was that a druid pun i get i get where you're coming from that was a druid pun right uh yes my bets (laughs) yes it was intentional sure all right edel and what are your do you have any final thoughts on this meta and the uh 
where we are right now and where we're looking towards. Yeah, uh, let it cook. <laughs> it's just, uh-huh. you know, like we get so many balance patches these days that I think people have forgotten what it's like to just expect nothing for a while and, and wait for innovations because people were calling for balance and the game like the expansion was out for two maybe three days and then people were complaining about the the nurse we got and not understanding that yeah yeah very light high confidence nurse that were just meant to kind of align things like why didn't we touch hunter because that's not what we're doing right now because they only hit old cards right that that's what that was for it's the same window that they hit denathrius and theotar previously where they were like these are still seeing more play than we wanted and these ones maybe it felt different to people because they weren't neutrals right but i think it was still just a case of uh, these are older cards that we could maybe have not shine as much um i don't necessarily think it was required maybe it would have been better you know, not to do it at all, just so that people don't have these kinds of expectations of things getting nerfed all the time. But I assume we're going to have a, a big patch post Masters Tour that has been the pattern thus far. And we'll see where things go from there. But I expect people will be doing a lot of innovating in the next week still. That's fair. All right, so let's wrap this up with one final question. If, if let's say, they Team 5 contacted you and said, we're only going to buff or nerf one card after Masters Tour, um, what's what's your buff or nerf? Oh, God. Buff or nerf one card. This is a tough one. I just, I, I'm just like, how do I make light show good? I don't know. I, <laughs> um, light show will see its day. It will. Yeah, I hope so. Honestly, my instinct is just like screaming banshees too good. <laughs> screaming banshees. As, as much as I love the card, the card's nuts. Especially when combined with the weapon. Yeah. Well, and and I don't even know how you balance it besides just making it easier to kill right like three six is a lot but uh there's still the messed up turns where they play a vampiric blood and you've got a three six and two five fives and you're like what's happening so uh yeah my there's probably something that my heart would would be more aligned with but just in terms of first instinct i feel like screaming man she is too good Fair enough. Well, Doc, I don't know about you, but I think I'm getting a little full. Time for dessert, though. What do you think? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so, listeners, if you haven't already, uh, please leave us a review. Uh, just let us know what you think about the show. Uh, five-star review, please. Uh, just helps with visibility. Let us know what you, what you like, what we're doing. And if you dislike anything, let us know where you think we could improve. Um, it's just, it's just nice. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of podcasts that exist and visibility, uh, when you're early, it's not a fun time and not the easiest way to like, na- not the easiest place to navigate. Um, 
so yeah, uh, review if uh, y'all feel like it. Uh, Edelweiss, uh, where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Sogoy Edelweiss, and you can find me on Twitch at Edelweiss TCG, I believe it is, because at the time I was also playing Magic. <laughs> How about yourself, Doc? Where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Doc McButt. And Tito, how about yourself? And you can find me at uh, Tito Santana HS on both Twitter and Twitch. Edelweiss, do you have anybody you'd like to shout out tonight? Oh, well, uh, you know, both of you for having me on. It's always a fun. I do like to talk, although my family is very confused because I, I don't always uh, <laughs> say much other times than growing up. But, uh, yeah, and I want to... Uh, Coin concede also to my, well, not coin concede. Hmm. Shout out. <laughs> well, you can coin concede here. You're bringing you, you, it. <laughs> old old habits. Um, your bread and butter, as they say. Yeah. To my uh, brother-in-law, who is uh, a tax attorney, and I ran into a problem, and and he <laughs> walked me through <laughs> fixing it because I was freaking out. How about yourself, Doc? Any shout out this week? Uh, yeah, so this one's going to be kind of on the not-so-great, not-so-happy side. Um, I want to shout out uh, Bemi, because um, if any of you who listen haven't heard, unfortunately, they have passed away. Um, now, I know that our show is really about, like, the basics and fundamentals of Hearthstone, but um, if you don't know who they are, Bemi was, like, one of the biggest like figureheads in Hearthstone esports. They did everything they possibly could to make sure third party events would exist and run for as long as they possibly could. Uh I fortunately had the opportunity to meet Bemi at Dreamhack Atlanta and they recognized me like I didn't even see them. I just heard my I was wearing my Swagoy jersey. I just heard someone say my name and I turned around and it's it's Bemi, and for some reason I forgot they worked for DreamHack when I was there. Um, and they're like, hey, I'm busy right now, but I'll find you later. And they found me later, and we talked and took a couple pictures. And uh, the Monster Booth was having a dance contest. And those of you that know Bemi know that they loved to dance, and they were really good at it. So I got to see Bemi do the thing they loved in the environment that they loved so much. Um but yeah, shout out to shout out to Bemi for being who they were for Hearthstone Esports. Well said, Doc. And I would like to give a shout out to the Angry Chicken, who are having their final episode this week, 505. They have been on for a long, long time. We are here because Tack did it first. And I was listening to TAC before I, I, was, I had access to Hearthstone. I, I, I listened to them because I wanted to hear about this game. And, and, and the only input I had was the Angry Chicken. And I've been listening from the beginning. Uh, they have been such a joy over the years. Um, and Jocelyn and Garrett and Dills and Hat. And, and, and um, they've had so many great guests and they've 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 talked and, and to be fair like i always felt like tack ended up being kind of like the podcast i could 
skip at times because they catered to like the average Hearthstone player, and then I found Coin Concede and and and, and you know Vicious Syndicate, and that was more along the lines of uh, kind of where I felt like I was in an advanced state, trying to learn more about the game, and and but Tac did it first, and Tac led the way, and they they're, they're just great, and it's gonna be really sad. They, there's gonna be lots of tears on Wednesday, I believe it's Wednesday when they have their their final uh, episode. And and it is well learned. They they have been such a pillar of the community for so long. So um, pour one out for them. Um, and Edel, thank you for being on. Uh, Edel came on at the very last minute. Uh, we had a um, a scheduling conflict um, that we had to adjust. And I know we were gonna have we we love having Edel on, and we hope to have her on many times because at least at least once an expansion we want to have her on talk about the uh <laughs> the current state of building decks and all that and but like the fact that you were able to fill in the last minute we really appreciate it yeah no problem glad i was able to make it now that i'm done with all the hard stuff <laughs> yeah and and please don't forget april 29th 10 p.m edelweiss is going to uh battle warshack and an off meta battle on my, my on tito santana hs i hope to see you all there and remember now, you have two extra hours per week of podcasts that you no longer have because the Angry Chicken is retiring. So you can fill that with bread and butter. Everybody can fill that with <laughs> bread and butter. That's extra time. And we're even shorter than them usually. So just just pass that along. But anyway, thank you for hanging out with us tonight, guys. Uh, I think we're toast. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs>